Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. The day was May 23rd, 1618. Catholic regents Vilim Slavata and Yaroslav Borjita of Martinice were found guilty of violating the Letter of Majesty, and they and their secretary, Philippe Fabricius, were thrown out of the window of the council room of Prague Castle. The Letter of Majesty was a document that Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II signed that granted religious liberties to Protestant and Catholic citizens living in the estates of Bohemia. The regents and Fabricius came out of the defenestration with no serious injuries, but the act did tip off a Bohemian revolt against the Habsburg Emperor Ferdinand II and lead to the Thirty Years' War. The first defenestration of Prague happened on July 30, 1419. Defenestration just means throwing someone or something out of a window. In that incident, Hussites, or followers of the religious reformer Jan Hus, broke into the new town hall in Prague to free imprisoned Eutychists, or Hussites who believed that the laity, like the clergy, should receive the Eucharist under the forms of bread and wine. Laity just means the common people who weren't part of the clergy. The radical Hussites threw several city councilors out of the window, killing them. The first defenestration is considered the first violent incident in the Hussite Wars. Eventually, the Catholics and the Eutychists came to a peace agreement. But what's known as the second defenestration of Prague came two centuries after the first. By the end of the Hussite Revolution, there were three estates in the Bohemian Diet, the Lords, the Knights, and the Burghers. Bavarian King and Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian II said he would tolerate religious denominations that accepted the Bohemian Confession of 1575, a document that attempted to satisfy everyone in Bohemia and allow religions to coexist peacefully. But Maximilian II did not formally act on the confession before his death. After Maximilian's son, Rudolf II, became king, he signed the Letter of Majesty. The letter gave freedom of religious practice to the Eutychist, the Roman Catholic Church, the Unitas Fratrum, and Lutherans who accepted the confession. Bohemia was still officially Roman Catholic, but people of other religions were permitted to worship as they wished. The letter was intended to be a framework for religious peace, and Catholics and Protestants did largely get along in Bohemia for several years. But in 1612, Rudolf's brother Matthias became Holy Roman Emperor. In 1617, subjects of the Archbishop of Prague built Protestant churches at Hrab and Braumov on land that the Catholic clergy claimed. The Archbishop ordered the churches be closed, and King Matthias upheld this order. Protestants claimed the land was royal, and they saw this as a violation of their religious liberties. And in 1617, Ferdinand, Archduke of Austria, was elected King of Bohemia. Ferdinand wanted to restore a Catholic empire, and he stacked his council with staunch Catholics. So Protestants in Prague called an assembly. 
Catholic regents Vilim Slavata and Yaroslav Borjita were put on trial for violating the right of freedom of religion. On May 23, 1618, Slavata and Borjita were found guilty and thrown out of a window with their secretary, Philippe Fabricius. They fell about 50 feet, or 15 meters, to the ground. But they did not fall to their deaths. They landed in a pile of horse manure and survived. Catholic officials claimed the miraculous survival was the doing of angels. For the next two years, it was the mostly Protestant Bohemian estates against Emperor Ferdinand II and the Catholic Holy Roman Empire. That conflict culminated in the Battle of White Mountain, where Ferdinand II and the German Catholic League defeated Frederick V. Ferdinand soon started executing rebel leaders, confiscating land, and expelling Protestants. He issued a new constitution that created an authoritarian government in Bohemia. The Thirty Years' War, which ended in 1648, evolved from religious conflict between Protestant and Catholic states and into a war involving most of the major European powers. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, you can listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called The Defenestrations of Prague. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast where we rip out a page from the history book every single day. The day was May 23, 1951. Tibet signed the 17-point agreement, also known as the Agreement of the Central People's Government and the Local Government of Tibet on Measures for the Peaceful Liberation of Tibet. While Tibetans maintained that the agreement was signed under duress, Chinese sources claim that both sides supported the agreement as a legitimate contract. Tibet is bordered by Chinese provinces and autonomous regions in China. Though Tibet has long been involved in struggles with China, Tibetans have enjoyed considerable autonomy over the centuries. In 1913, Tibet proclaimed its independence after decades of rejecting attempts by Britain and China to establish control in the region. At that point, Tibet functioned as a de facto independent state, but China still did not recognize Tibet as an independent entity and continued to assert claims over areas in the region. In 1949, Mao Zedong proclaimed the founding of the People's Republic of China, a one-party state controlled by the Communist Party of China. The Chinese began asserting their presence in Tibet, calling for its liberation. The issue of Tibet was part of China's desire for a unified, powerful motherland and for freedom from imperialist influence. Most Tibetans were illiterate and life expectancy was low, in addition to most of the population being serfs and enslaved people owned by monasteries and nobles. China used these facts to justify the need for the liberation and reform of Tibet. In October of 1950, Chinese troops took control of eastern Tibet. The People's Liberation Army defeated the Tibetan army in battle at Chamdo. 
The Chinese government told Tibetan authorities to send delegates to Beijing to negotiate the peaceful liberation of Tibet. According to Tibetan sources, the Tibetan delegation was forced to sign the 17-point agreement, though the Chinese have rejected this notion. The document affirmed China's sovereignty over Tibet, effectively making Tibet a region of the People's Republic of China. The document included a preamble and 17 points. It claimed to guarantee Tibetan autonomy and to respect the Buddhist religion. It also called for the establishment of Chinese civil and military headquarters at Lhasa in Tibet. And it called for the development of Tibetan agriculture, livestock raising, industry, and commerce. There is controversy over the validity of the 17-point agreement, since some Tibetans claim that the delegates did not have the authority to sign the document and bind the Dalai Lama or Tibetan government to it. They also claim that they were not allowed to make any alterations, though others have rejected this claim. In the following years, resentment against Chinese rule led to outbreaks of Tibetan resistance. China did not fully honor the agreement, including its commitment to preserve Tibet's political and religious institutions. In March of 1959, an uprising began in Lhasa against Chinese rule and pro-Chinese Tibetan officials. An alleged 85,000 Tibetans died in the uprising, though this number is debated. Disputes over the legitimacy of the agreement and China's adherence to it continue to cause conflict in China and Tibet today. Tibetans continue to protest mistreatment by the Chinese government, and tensions remain over Tibet's political status. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us via email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.